1 Kings chapter 10. When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning Yahweh's name, she came to test him with hard questions. <laughs> she came to Jerusalem with a very great caravan with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she had come to Solomon, she talked with him about all that was in her heart. Solomon answered all her questions. There wasn't anything hidden from the king which he didn't tell her. When the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the sitting of his servants, the attendance of his officials, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his ascent, by which he went up to Yahweh's house, there was no more spirit in her. She said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of your acts and of your wisdom. However, I didn't believe the words until I came, and my eyes had seen it. Behold, not even half was told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceeded the fame which I heard. Happy are the men. Happy are these your servants who stand continually before you, who hear your wisdom. Blessed is Yahweh your God who delighted in you to set you on the throne of Israel. Because Yahweh loved Israel, therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. So she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again was there such an abundance of spice as these which the Queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. The fleet of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir also brought in from Ophir great quantities of almug trees and precious stones. The king made of the almug trees pillars for Yahweh's house and for the king's house, harps also and stringed instruments for the singers. No such almug trees came or were seen to this day. King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatever she asked, in addition to that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own land, she and her servants. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold. In addition to that which the traders brought, and all the traffic of the merchants, and of all the kings of the mixed people, and of the governors of the country, King Solomon made 200 bucklers of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold went to one buckler. He made 300 shields of beaten gold, three miners of gold went to one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with the finest gold. There were six steps to the throne, and the top of the throne was round behind. And there were armrests on either side by the place of the seat, and two lions standing beside the armrests. Twelve lions stood there on the one side and on the other of the six steps. Nothing like it was made in any kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver, because it was considered of little value in the days of Solomon. For the king had a fleet of Tarshish at sea with Hiram's fleet. Once every three years the fleet of Tarshish came, bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes and peacocks. So King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. All the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. Year after year, every man brought his tribute, 
vessels of silver, vessels of gold, clothing, armor, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen that he kept in the chariot cities with the king at Jerusalem. The king made silver as common as the stones in Jerusalem and cedars as common as the sycamore trees that are in the lowland. The horses which Solomon had were brought out of Egypt. The king's merchants received them in droves, one drove at a price. A chariot came up and went out of Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150 shekels. And so they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of Syria. So this is the last chapter of the good part of Solomon's life. <laughs> After this, it goes pear-shaped. And, uh, you know, we had the same with David. We had the good part of his life and the bad part. And, uh, but in this chapter, the Queen of Sheba visits. Now, the Queen of Sheba, she, uh, she's an interesting character. Her name, according to legend, was Makeda. She came, the Bible said there, with a very great caravan, which according to Ethiopian legend, 797 camels in the caravan. So let's say 800 for a round number. <laughs> 800 camels. Can you imagine how long that, that would be loaded with spices and gold? Now that is a very great caravan. And uh, when we do things the Lord's way, it gets the world's attention. You know, Israel was supposed to be a nation that followed the Lord and followed his heart the entire time. And they were supposed to, because of that, the Lord was supposed to bless them. And then the whole world was supposed to notice and they were all supposed to realize we want to worship the God of Israel. Because, you know, every nation had their own God and they would all consider it to be the God of their nation. But this was, the Lord was supposed to bless Israel and they were supposed to follow him and they were supposed to become so grand and to get so much attention that the whole world would say, we want to follow the God of Israel. It's the, it's the best God. Because the other gods are not even gods at all. They're demons. But, and what we've got here is a kind of an example of that happening. As far as wealth and grandeur goes, the peak of Israel is right here. As far as spirituality goes, the peak of it isn't here. <laughs> there are different peaks. You know, there's a peak in the time of Hezekiah and a peak in the time of Josiah, a peak in the time of King David, time of Moses, but this isn't a peak um, spiritually but certainly is economically. But all, you know, the world is looking at Israel and here we've got this picture of the Queen of Sheba. She wants to come and find out about this place. She wants to find out about this king. Why is he so blessed? She's got questions. And this is a picture of what's supposed to happen with the gospel. Gospel is supposed to so affect cities and nations and countries that people start to say, why, why are things like that there? So, you know, the gospel is so, supposed to, say, affect an entire city so that the city becomes peaceful. It becomes prosperous. The crime rate falls away. You know, people do better economically. Children are safe growing up. There's no, you know, capital, you know, there are no murders and, and you know, drug use falls away. And people would say, what? what's going on with that city? Well, that's supposed to be what the gospel does. And we have a picture of it here where the Queen of Sheba comes from a long way away to find out what's going on. It's a picture of what will happen when the gospel affects the world significantly. The other parts of the world will want to be interested. And Jesus, he rebuked, you know, he gave a rebuke in one of the gospels. He said, you know, 
you know, even the Queen of Sheba came, you know, from the ends of the earth, from, you know, the Queen of the South to find out, but, you know, your hearts are far away. And um, so we've got this whole passage here about the Queen of Sheba who came with her great caravan. Now, uh, it says that she, um, uh, there was no, she asked Solomon all these hard questions. There was nothing he couldn't answer. She gave him all these great gifts. He gave her all these great things back. It says that there was nothing she wanted that he didn't give to her. Now, because it doesn't say exactly what she wanted other than money and gifts, people have jumped to all sorts of conclusions. And some people have thought, ah, she must have wanted to have a child with Solomon. And it doesn't say it there, but, but you know, she desired that and there was nothing she desired that he didn't give to her. So people, funnily enough, when they read this, they think that straight away. Um, now, there's no proof that that actually happened, but according to Jewish and Ethiopian history, tradition, and legends, that actually is what happened. So according to Ethiopian legend, Solomon and Bathsheba, uh, the Queen of Sheba got pregnant to Solomon, and when she returned home, she had a son called Menelik, who became the king of Ethiopia. And apparently, according to this Ethiopian tradition or legend, the, uh, the nation of Ethiopia for many years was called the Empire of Solomon. So it's not something that's historically verifiable, but in Jewish tradition, there's also a tradition that Solomon had a son who became you know, the king of Ethiopia. Some people debate whether the queen, the, the, the queen of Sheba was from Ethiopia. They think, no, nah, she's from Arabia, from Yemen, you know, the tip of Arabia. But there's, and of course, in Yemen, there's a, a very popular legend and, you know, that this is where the Queen of Sheba came from. So there's a bit of a debate whether the Queen of Sheba actually came from Ethiopia or whether she came from Yemen. But there's two pieces of information in my mind which makes me think it is Ethiopia, apart from the, the Ethiopian traditions. One is the ancient historian Josephus. He says she came from Ethiopia. And I know some people don't, dis, don't count him as a source, but no, he's an actual source. He's an actual historian who wrote the history, and he says she's from Ethiopia. <laughs> so that's pretty good, I think. The other thing is Jesus. Jesus called her the Queen of the South. If you look at a map, Ethiopia is directly south, whereas Yemen and Arabia is southeast. So technically, they're both south of Jerusalem, but no, Ethiopia is directly south. Probably doesn't make a difference either way. Um, so we, uh, we see here that this is the pinnacle of Solomon's, you know, all the good chapters. We end up by seeing that Solomon had everything. He had all the gold, all the silver, he had a wealth, he had all the women, he had the palaces, he had the wisdom, his country did well. People came from far to seek his advice, he had it all. But we're about to turn the page and we're about to read 1 Kings 11. And we're going to find out that all that glitters is not gold. Sometimes there's more than just what things seem on the surface. Sometimes your life can be going great, but it doesn't mean that the Lord's blessing. It's always something to keep in mind. Father, we thank you for this chapter of the Bible. We thank you for well, this illustration of the Queen of Sheba who came from the ends of the earth to seek out wisdom. Father, I pray that that type of desire would be placed in us, that we would seek out wisdom their heart would be to have wisdom. Give us this grace. Give us this desire. In Jesus' name, amen.